beautiful friendship. Rhodes? Where we're going, we don't need Rhodes. No. I am your father. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Good afternoon slash good morning slash good evening, whatever time of day you are listening. Welcome to After the Ending. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And we are back now this week slash right now. The whole live slash sometimes it's recorded thing gets very weird. Plus, I realize I just said slash like 13 times in a row. So I, I apologize. I've been listening to too much Guns N' Roses lately. Um, but uh, it's weird. But if you're if you're watching us live, welcome back uh, from a few minutes ago. If you're catching up in the, the after, in the after, sounds like a dramatic David Lynch film. Um, if you're catching up in the after, uh, welcome back from the last time you watched it and or listened uh but we are here to talk about our top five list and our recommendations phil do you want to tell people what our top five list is today yes in this post credits episode we're going to be talking about our top five favorite drill sergeants yes sergeants you know the guy who turns up and uh shouts a lot at the at the people who are training to be the soldiers um often only they can only be in a film like for like a few scenes but they usually have a huge impact on the main character and on us because they're right in mm -hmm. your face. Sometimes they're in it for a huge amount of, of uh, a huge portion of the film. But there's, while making this list, I was surprised just how many there are. Well, that's, so that's why I was thinking of it. So I, I won't say what film. Yesterday I watched a film I'd never seen before, and the drill sergeant character was really, really well done, and I liked him. And it made me think, and it made me go, you know, there are so many movies where you have that very kind of traditional drill sergeant, you know, the, the guy gets up in the recruits' faces and he yells at them and he says, you know, you're a maggot or whatever it is, you know, drop and give me 20. Like, I feel like that's, I don't know if it's the same way in the UK, but it's a very in the pop culture lexicon thing in like the US to be like, when it, you know, if you're joking around with somebody who did something wrong, you're like, drop and give me 20, even though they're not really going to give you push ups. It's just sort of like, it's so ingrained in your brain from, you know, these many, many movies, war films and action films and things where you have these sequences with drill sergeants. And like you said, sometimes they're a big part of the film. Sometimes they're a very small part of the film, but they're always so memorable. So I thought, yeah, we've never done anything like that. Why not do our top five drill sergeants? Yeah, totally. Uh, we've, I know exactly what you mean, though, because it's often dropping Give Me 20 is uh, it's one of those things you do often say. Well, mainly because over here in the UK, we've probably got a lot of it from the American movies because that's where you mainly see it. I'm sure there are right. some some uh, English films, British films, where there is a drill sergeant. But uh, they've escaped me at the minute, and there's no, none on my list. They are all... Right. Mine either, but that's okay. I'm sure they're out there, but I just didn't know if it had kind of entered the pop culture lexicon. But like you said, it's sort of from the, um, from the American movies. It is a very uh, prevalent thing, you know? Um, so I thought it would be a fun, a fun list to do. Why not? Now, yeah, well, Phil, I'm curious. I actually oh. have a question for you. What did you use as your criteria? Like when you say favorite, do you mean like the one you'd most want to be your drill sergeant or more like the one you most enjoyed watching, even if that meant they were like a terrible person or whatever? Like how did you how did you form your list? I'm curious. Probably ones I most enjoyed watching because there's no way on earth I'd want anyone to be a drill sergeant to me. I've got no inclination to be like that. I have the utmost respect for people who do. Oh, absolutely. Who, uh, 
you went to the armed forces and things like that and uh, put their life on the line uh, for, for us and things like that. But yeah, I don't want anybody to be shouting at me like that because yeah. I'd probably, I'd panicked. I'd probably laugh, which would probably make things worse. You know, a nervous yeah. laugh. I'm quite good at a nervous laugh. Uh, yeah. No, there's no way I'd want to do it. There's no way I'd want to be a drill sergeant. Uh, maybe. Well, I've been saying it a lot as well, I've noticed. I would only be a drill sergeant if I could pick A drill sergeant would, would if, if he didn't notice me saying air a lot, he'd also shout that out to me. So maybe I could do with a drill sergeant for that part of it. But Yeah, I would only want to be a... He us when they were doing things we shouldn't be doing or saying. Right. I would only want to be a, a drill sergeant if I could pick the people who are going into my platoon because I could think of some people I wouldn't mind yelling at all day long. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I always think it, whenever I watch a movie like that, and I, did, I watched one yesterday, um, and I think, who watches these movies and then wants to go into the armed forces? Like, that terrifies me. I, I And again, utmost respect for people who do. But I just think, like, boy, did, like, the people who sign up for the military, like, did you skip all of those movies? Because I don't, that's so scary. Some of those drill sergeants are so, like, in your face. I'm like, man, I do not want that. Now, I don't know if they're all like that in real life. I imagine, like, anything else, there is a spectrum of drill sergeants from people who are the stereotypical yelling at you 24 seven to people who are maybe more relaxed or more understanding. I don't know. Um, Cause I've never been in the military, but yeah. So if any of our, uh, if any of our viewers, our live viewers uh, are, have been in the military and they have an example, they want to share about their drill sergeant who are, you know, if they were uh, terrible or awesome or whatever, let us know. I'd be curious to hear that. Yeah. Bring it on. If you're on, watching live on Facebook, you can leave comments. We'll be able to see it. Yeah. And discuss it. Yeah, I think, well, I think the drill sergeant, though, the reason why they do shout and do that thing, it does serve a purpose, though, isn't it? You break you break a person down to build them back up again. Right, right. It's all about instilling that discipline, for mm -hmm. sure. All right, well, let's get into our lists. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? Uh, I'll, you, you start the last one. I'll start this one, I think. Okay. Yeah, my okay. first one, it, technically it's right, but it's he's not technically a sergeant. He's actually a major, but it's, uh, it's from the 1967 film, The Dirty Dozen. It's Major John... Uh, pronounce it major john reisman or reisman i can't remember but it's the dirty dozen lee marvin plays him and lee marvin's always good he can he can just make you feel just with a look he can just put you in your place but in this one he's putting together a bunch of uh, soldiers who've been arrested they're all criminals all a bit dodgy a little bit way a little bit woo if you're in the uk you'll know what that reference is uh, but he's puts them together and he has to train them to work as a unit because they're all a bunch of loners and people who don't like working as a team, hence the reason they've been arrested. They're not team players. But he breaks them down in certain ways. He also lifts them up. He, uh, I was going to say mollycoddle them. He doesn't mollycoddle them, but he uh, he puts them puts them through the paces and puts together a team because he needs them to uh, undergo a mission to target, uh, what is it? Yeah, target some high-ranking German officers. It's basically going to be a suicide mission. This was Suicide Squad before the Suicide, mm -hmm. suicide uh, comic was a thing. But it's the same pre premise. I, I suppose it's John Ostrander did, created Suicide Squad. Anyway, the comic book writer who created it, it probably was based in part on uh, the Dirty Dozen because it's criminal. I would, yeah, I would imagine. That's my number five. Very good choice. All right. So my number five is the only movie on my list that... No, actually, that's not true. Never mind. It, uh, I'll just start here then. Number five on my list is for uh, Sergeant Apone. 
uh, played by Al Matthews, also memorably in 1986's Aliens by Jim Cameron. Now, this is, I think, the only movie I picked where uh, it, he wasn't, it wasn't like a dedicated training sequence. Most yeah. other movies, like the, the drill sergeants were more like in, in the, when they're training the recruits. In this film, he is already an established sergeant with an established platoon, but he is very much in that classic mold of the drill sergeant. He's smoking the cigar, you know, chewing on the stogie, and he's walking up and down. He's like, you know, yelling at them, like, get in order, you grunts and all that. That's not even close to being a line from aliens, but I can't think of anything he said. Look um, into my eye. Yeah. Stay frosty. Uh, you know, that type of stuff. But he was like, all right. You know, ladies and gents, hold on to your whatever. And like, you know, he did the whole sort of like motivational speech that was kind of half yelled and half, you know, also yelled. <laughs> um, and I thought he, he kind of fit that mold of that. And he's just so charismatic and so like, I don't know, he's like a joyful character in a very dark movie, you know, until things go wrong. Um, but yeah, so Sergeant Apone from Aliens was my number five. That's very good. I do like. Uh... They're quite possibly the worst aliens quotes I've ever heard, Mike. But uh, you did it well. <laughs> totally. I, I, I don't know why I blame. I could, I could do his whole speech from memory if I, if I could just get it like started. I could probably do the whole thing, and I just completely blanked on anything he said. I'm probably gonna look it up. I'm not gonna lie. While you're doing your next one, I'm probably gonna I look it up now. All right, sweetheart, you heard the man, and you know the drill. There you go. But uh, my number four is uh, Sergeant Apo as well. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, so he's my number four. Uh, played by uh, Al Matthews, uh, like you said, he's it's not the classic drill sergeant scenes where he's training them all up, but he's he's getting them all going then, going again, he's psyching them all up. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that uh, Jamie Fern has just uh, left another comment about uh, Miss Trunchbull from uh, what's that, Matilda? Yeah, it's it's outside the box, but yeah, that I suppose if it's the criteria, she does treat the kids like soldiers, and she uh, that's she right, down, but she has no intention of building them back up. She's one of the bad types of the drill sergeants. That's, That's a good example. Like I like that. But yeah, Sergeant Apone and Aliens, He's uh, he just keeps them, gets them motivated as they come up the cold sleep, shouting at them. You can tell he doesn't want to be there anyway. But like you said as well, he's one of the moments of levity. Yes. The, one of the few moments in the film. Him and, him and Hicks and Hudson. Hudson. Hicks Hudson. is not funny. Yeah. Him and Hudson uh, are the ones which sort of bring, lift, relieve the tension a bit. But I... Uh, I reckon Sergeant, out of this list, probably Sergeant Apone is the one I'd probably like to be my drill sergeant. Yeah, right, 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 exactly. It's another glorious day in the Corps. A day in the Corps is like a day on the farm. Every meal's a banquet, every paycheck a fortune, every formation's a parade. I love the Corps. That's a much better quote. Who you are. I, I had to redeem myself. Yeah, yeah, you did it. You did it, Mike. You brought Thank it you. All right, good. So my number four, I, there's probably going to be some overlap on our list today, I'm guessing. Phil. Oh, I, I think so. I fully agree. I, just, I felt like really beyond a certain point, I think I got one or two that I'll throw you for, but I think there's going to be three, two or three that we're going to overlap on. Um, but we'll see. Maybe, maybe not. My number four is Sergeant Zim, uh, played by Clancy Brown from 1997 Starship Troopers. Uh, great film that I'm a big fan of. It's a big cult classic a lot of people love. Um, mostly made the list because he's Clancy Brown. Uh, we've talked about him on the show before. Of course, he's the Kurgan from Highlander. Uh, well, Phil and I got to meet him a couple years ago at Comic-Con. Um, he's just such a great character actor and like a drill sergeant is sort of the type of role he was, you know, born to play as a big dude. He's a, he's a gruff dude, uh, at least on screen. And, um, you know, it's, it's such a it, it, watching these soldiers train and some of them get killed and things like that during the training sequences. Uh, he's, he's just a really fun, a fun part of the movie. So that's my number four, Sergeant Zim from Starship Troopers. Well, as you said, there'll be some overlap. Um, <laughs> there we are again. My number three is Sergeant Zim. 
Sorry, uh, viewers, but uh, this does happen. <laughs> It'll get more interesting soon because I'm pretty sure I'm going to take a, a couple left turns coming up. Okay, well, yeah, Sergeant Zim, Starship Troopers, Clancy Brown, you've already said it. There you but, go. Uh, as uh, yeah, Richard Brown saying, medic, because people that's, that's Starship Troopers, the soldiers get limb ripped off during training. Yeah. Training is vicious, but uh, he's just he's he's a we get the classic training uh, montage as well. He's shouting people out, cheering them out, as they say. But he also is one of the drill sergeants who does have a heart of gold. He does care about his uh, his platoon, soldiers under him. And as, as the time goes on as well, he gets in the fight as well. And you can see the respect yeah. he has for some of them in Starship Troopers, even though it's all the way it portrays them. It, oh, yeah, Paul Verhoeven, it does it so well because it's yeah. basically all fascist bastards. <laughs> Part of my language there, sorry, but uh, that's all right. We're yeah, but, all that one. yeah, but it's uh, I don't know. Now Siri's getting in on it, so I'm, not, <laughs> I'm sorry, Siri. I didn't mean to use. Siri has an opinion on on drill sergeants too. Perhaps maybe yeah, she has one. He's he's another one. I do like it, and it's the second sci-fi one. Uh, right, my list. Okay, I almost said that Aliens was the only one that takes place in the future, and then I looked at my list and I was like, nope, my very next one. Also yeah. take place in the future, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but now I'm going to bring it back to reality with my number three. From here on out, it's all actual wars. Well, I mean, you know, fictional films, but about real world yeah. wars. And I think I'm going to, I think I might get you at this one. That we won't have an overlap. Maybe we'll see. Um, my number three is Sergeant Howell, played by Vince Vaughn in 2016's Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah, yeah. Starring Andrew Garfield, directed by Mel Gibson. Uh, really good. I love the first half of that movie a lot. It's about this um, Desmond Doss, who's a conscientious, conscientious objector, but he's in the army, but he refuses to carry a weapon on religious grounds, but he saves people as a medic. Um, and Andrew Garfield's terrific in it. The first half of the movie is all the, his training and his fight to be in the army and not have to use a weapon. The second half of the movie kind of turns into a bloodbath. It's a little too gory. I don't know what Mel Gibson's deal with blood is, but... I really like the movie, but Vince Vaughn is, on one hand, kind of your stereotypical drill sergeant. You know, a lot of yelling, a lot of in-your-face, you know, stuff like that. But he does the thing where he occasionally softens up a bit. And, like, he's trying to get Desmond Doss out of to quit the army. And he kind of does, like, he almost does the good cop, bad cop thing, but with himself as the good cop and the bad cop, right? Yeah, like, yeah. At one point, he's, like, makes everybody else, the platoon, do something because of something that Desmond does, trying to turn them against him. Uh, at another point, he's like, he's like, come on, man. Like, why don't you just quit? Like, no one's going to think any less of you. You know, you're a good guy. Like, he kind of plays both the good cop and the bad cop. And actually, you know, Vince Vaughn, who I, I do enjoy greatly, but he can very much a lot of times just sort of play Vince Vaughn. He can just show up looking like he spent the night in a dumpster, like he always seems to look. And, you know, he, he can kind of phone it in sometimes, I think. Um, not in the good movies, though, I think. And this movie, he, he was really... Terrific. He's one of those characters that you just sort of like, even though he does some unlikable things. And I just thought it was a great performance from him. So that's my number three. Uh, Vince Vaughn turning in a great performance as Sergeant Howell in Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah, that's uh, an excellent choice. Not on my list, but... See, yeah, good, but yeah, yeah, but it's, he's great. And the reason he's doing it all is because he, he thinks that uh, Doss is just going to end up dying if he doesn't carry it. So you can see how much he cares. Right. This, this guy could end up dying, but also could cause problems for the uh, the other soldiers in the platoon. So he's trying to save people's lives. Uh, but yeah, sometimes Vince Vaughn can look so money. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, an excellent choice. And uh, I did enjoy the film. And I, as you said, it was it's very bloody at the end. But I think I think part of that is also just to show the true horrors of what, what they were doing and what Desmond Doss was, was going up against. But 
it's easily it probably could have been turned down a bit but it's it's all based on a very true story and it's mm -hmm. amazing i remember watching it and going no way right, no way. right. and you, you see the thing the, the the cliff you had to climb up up mm -hmm. and down all the photos of it and you just it's amazing it is it's an amazing story i just i i i understand the whole horrors of war thing and i get that uh, I just think it was a little, it was too, I think you can convey those horrors without having to literally show every person's insides on the screen. You know, I yeah, think you yeah. can flip the point across if, you, if there's a way to do it personally. Yeah, very true. So anyway, uh, what's your next one? My number two is Sergeant Thomas Highway, played by Clint Eastwood in Heartbreak Ridge. Ah, uh, 1986. Uh, it's set in 1983, so it's a more modern one. Mm -hmm. uh, but I like this one. He's a, uh, he's, He's playing a character. He's playing the drill sergeant. So we're following him. He's the main character, which is a little bit different from most of these films. He's facing retirement, but then he gets involved uh, training another platoon. But he's using lots of the. But he's using the way he's trained people all through the years, and lots of the other people on the uh, at the base don't like the way he's using these old fashioned. They think he's old fashioned and everything he does. So they try and show him up and try. To show that it's not going to work they think his platoon's going to be uh not going to be as good as the other platoons so there's all this i like the way it's it's the old school coming up against the new school and butting heads but then we do see when when it all kicks off his platoon the training he's put them through they, they all come together and it's 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 a great film i remember i watched it a few times i remember when it came out and i've not watched it it's quite a few uh clint eastwood films where i watch again and again through the years but this is one which seems to keep slipping through i don't know why but uh i need to give it a, a, a watch again because it must be about got 20 odd years ago since i last watched it but i always remember clint eastwood being great in it because he's he's a drill sergeant but because we're following him we see this not the softer side but we see the more human side as well and how he he cares for the people in his platoon and he's doing it all because he wants them to be able to fight protect each other get the mission done get in out as quick as they can and uh yeah, it's. Just, I remember being some moments when I was watching this, just had a big grin on my face when he just does Clint Eastwood stuff and just shows how how cool he can be. Yeah, I, I um, it did not make my list actually, and the reason is because I have not seen uh, Heartbreak Ridge. It, oh, okay. Uh, it is on my is in my queue right now, and I'm actually now because we're doing this list. I think I'm going to watch it tonight. Um, so, ask me again tomorrow. Maybe he would be on my list. But as of right now, yeah. I have never actually seen it. This is Heartbreak Ridge, right? That's the name of it, Heartbreak Ridge? Yeah, yeah, Heartbreak Ridge. Yeah, the Hacksaw Ridge and Heartbreak Ridge right next to each other. So oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. But no actual overlap. So good choice. I think I'm going to have to watch that tonight. Yeah. Uh, all right, good. So my number two then is Merwin J. Toomey, uh, played by Christopher Walken in 1988's Biloxi Blues, uh, directed by Mike Nichols, based on the Neil Simon play starring Matthew Broderick. This is the movie that inspired this list, okay? I had never seen Biloxi. I know it's pronounced Biloxi, but I can't bring myself to say Biloxi Blues. It just doesn't sound right for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had never seen Biloxi Blues. Uh, I wanted to see it when I was younger because Matthew Broderick was in it, and he was Ferris Bueller, and I wanted to see everything he was in back then, and I just never got around to it. And so yesterday, I was just kind of flipping around, looking for something to watch, and there it was. So I said, I'm going to watch this. And I actually really enjoyed the movie. It's a great movie, but Christopher Walken plays... Sergeant Merwin Merwin J. Toomey. And it's interesting because he starts off very much like he's their pal. He kind of comes out and is like, Oh, hey, how's it going? And this Christopher Walken voice, you know, hey, how there, yeah, there you go. <laughs> how you doing? I can't do Christopher Walken either. <laughs> uh, I was like Joey from Friends, really. But anyway, <laughs> um, he's very Christopher Walken. He actually he's not. He's kind of talking Christopher Walken. You know what I mean? 
But um, he kind of starts off like real friendly and stuff, but then he sort of starts picking on uh, Jerome's character. Uh, I'm sorry, Matthew Broderick's character, Eugene Jerome, and a couple other of the main characters. And he kind of um, he sort of goes back and forth between being sort of friendly and sort of seeming like a fair guy, and then sort of being like a complete nightmare. And at the end of the film, I don't want to give anything away, but he sort of starts to teeter on the edge a little bit. The 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 main character's hijinks, if you will. It's not really accurate. It's not that kind of movie. But um, the things that they're going through and the things that they say sort of push him to the edge where he is like, you know, I just, you know, he, he kind of maybe wants to take some extreme actions. But he has this really neat moment at the end when they, they do this sort of discussion of what their their fantasies are, things they want to do before they die. And he has a really neat moment in his that I liked a lot. I just thought he was one of the best parts of the movie. And I think Christopher Walken is always... Um, He's always Christopher Walken. I don't often think he's the best part of a movie. He's just usually Christopher Walken. Not a bad thing, but you know. Um, but I really liked this movie quite a bit, actually, and I really liked him in it. So um, if you've never seen Biloxi Blues, track it down. It's actually really good. It's really worth watching. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. But he's in a big – I mean, the whole movie takes place in basic training. So he's easily one of the main characters because a lot of screen time. So that's my number two, Merwin Toomey from Biloxi Blues. Okay, yeah, it's a film that I've never seen either because I remember well, always seeing the tracks and the posters and, mm -hmm. and I like you because of Ferret Bueller. It's one I always meant to watch and never got around to it. Same as I was. It's definitely worth it. If you get, if you can find it, I think it's on, I don't know which streaming service I watched on. It's on one of them, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Definitely mm -hmm. definitely give it a try. And I always I always like seeing Christopher Walken. I've yeah. got a signed, signed picture of Christopher Walken. Up on the wall. Nice. Yeah, but well, uh, well, one, then. it was a birthday present, but yeah, I used to be able to do well now. I used to always try and be able to do a Christopher I remember we used to have this, this eagle-eared listeners will be able to find some of Phil's uh, Christopher Walken impressions. And some of really, really, I can't do it now. It's been ages since we've even tried. I'm not going to try live on a video now. Why? Yeah. Wow. Wow. There you go. That's that a minute, but uh, I'm going to have to practice that again. Wow. <laughs> yeah, watch. No, okay. Yeah, so anyway, I digress. All right, let me, let me, before you get to your number one, let me preface by saying, I have a sneaking suspicion we both have the same number one because I feel yeah. like there's really only one choice. Yes, I think the same. And as yeah, we don't discuss the list beforehand. We've had nope. some overlap, but I I fully expect it to be the same. Because there's so, some lists where I think they're very subjective, and you can sort of like you can make an argument for anything. But I think in this one, there there really is one choice that's just so iconic and so like what you think of when you think of a film drill surgeon it kind of has to be the same one now i'll be embarrassed if we're on two completely different pages but i think we're not yeah i'm just i'm wishing i could draw up another drill surgeon <laughs> okay, i'll come blank don't, don't do it unless you're confident phil don't don't okay ruin my my number one and probably yours is sergeant hartman from full metal jacket played by the wonderful arlie Ermy, who also did the same kind of thing in the frighteners briefly yep but yes. uh, yeah, that's my favorite one because also he was a drill instructor in real life. And yeah, there, there was, wasn't there, there was a song using sampling him from a full metal jacket, I think. Yeah, oh, I think so. For it. I want to be your drill instructor or something like that. But yeah, he's, uh, he's the guy who trains him up in Stanley Kubrick's 1987 full metal jacket film, a film of two halves, which we all agree. But the, the first half is on the basic training where Arlie Ermey comes on and just shouts and just stands and just you can see he's out of all the drill sergeants we've mentioned, you can you do realize when you find out that he was he did this in real life that uh, you, you can see he just brings it and I reckon oh, yeah. the actors must have been oh my god what am I doing? 
I'm sure they felt like they were really in boot camp with him yelling at them like that. It had totally. to be intense. Totally, because you get Matthew Modine, Liami, Vincent D'Onofrio, and Adam Baldwin and more. But he just comes in and just smacks them all around. Oh, yeah. Pushes them, pushes them too far in many places. He pushes them so they don't care. He pushes them so they become absolute killing machines. And then he pushes them so they do terrible things. Uh, and he's just, every scene he's in, you just, your eyes are on him. You just, mm -hmm. you, you wouldn't want to meet him. You wouldn't want to be his, you wouldn't want to have him as your drill instructor. But when he's on screen, you just can't. He's just brilliant. He's just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously, that was my number one as well. And I think it kind of had to be because, like, honestly, when, when you heard us say, like, our list of top five drill sergeants, he's probably who you pictured in your head. Like, yeah. he is just such the iconic. And he played a lot of other military characters in his career because he was a military man. He kind of became a famous actor from playing military characters mostly, right? That was his bread and butter. But, like, if, if you think of a drill sergeant, in my mind, that's who comes to my mind is Arlie Ermey with that hat and the uniform, getting in people's faces and yelling at them just nonstop. And you will do what I say, Maggie. You yeah, spit flying, like, veins popping. Like, I mean, just he is the – picture-perfect drill sergeant like you said the one i would least want to be my drill sergeant terrifying human being um in that in the films you know um, and this character especially is like just so over the top not over the top just so intense but i yeah. just picture anybody else as as a number one because it's just that's who i literally picture when i think of a drill sergeant yeah and knowing stanley kubrick he often did take after take mm -hmm. i do wonder what uh, how arlie Amy felt about doing them all the time you know, I would. I, part of me is like he must have been exhausted, and part of me is like, you know, he was probably so used to it, he probably did it and didn't even. Because what's he gonna do? Question orders? That's not really a drill sergeant thing, That's right? An excellent point. An excellent point yeah. You know, um, uh, we, I did like the fact though as well. I, as I briefly mentioned, he did appear in the Frighteners, the uh, Peter Jackson. Yes. Uh, one of Peter Jackson's almost forgotten films, maybe, but the one which started yeah, Michael J. Jackson. Yeah, cult classic, I feel like though. Oh yeah, cult classic. But, Very well loved. But it's when he when he popped up as well out of the grave. The graveyard as a ghost. I did like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we do have a comment from Richard saying, given Kubrick's multiple takes and, and Ermi's part, you can see why D'Onofrio convincingly loses it. Absolutely. Yeah. I can imagine that probably wasn't a big stretch for him at that point because he was probably so, you know, mentally fried that maybe there wasn't that much acting. Maybe it was a little more reacting, you know? So, yeah, it's yeah, a good probably, point. Probably lots of the other actors who were playing the soldiers, they were probably thinking, I'm an actor. I, I, I didn't want to go into the army, or maybe some of them did, but then to have to face that and do it for real because yeah. it was just oh so good. I also, by the way, I, I was like uh, Jamie's uh, impression of of Christopher Walken and the oh, chat. Yeah, now what's coming through on the comments is yeah, yeah. wow. Okay, wow. I get it. I was trying to figure out which point we made that she she was reacting to, but now well, I get it. Well, everybody would say wow all the way through because it's all it's all a slice of fried gold whenever we do a, a new episode. Oh, our impressions are are legendary. I think everyone who listens or watches this show knows that you know if you want if you want impressions that are, we'll say memorable. This, this is the yes. place to come. Notice I didn't not, say just memorable. You might not recognize them, but it's definitely right, not. exactly. <laughs> All right, so there you go. That's our top five drill sergeants. So good, a couple, a couple overlaps, but also some different ones. I think that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Some very iconic performances, but also some some room for variation. So that was a fun list to do. It was. Uh, so. 
let's say uh, if you and also if you're watching or listening after the live episode feel free to still comment with your favorite drill sergeants from movies we'll be happy to share those in a future episode or comment back or things like that so we definitely want to hear from you um but now it's time for ate recommends which is of course phil do you want to tell people what ate recommends is all about yeah this is when we because we've been discussing films because it's a film podcast video thing but uh, this is the moment where we can also talk about other things which may are not always uh, film-related. So books, music, video games, you name it. Food. So the last time I did a cookbook. Right, uh, right. Yeah. So, I, so it, I think I did a CD. I think I did the latest Weezer album. Like So, yeah, we got some, we got some recommendations. It varies from week to week. Um, I think you went first last time, Phil, right? So I guess yeah, I should... so you hit me up with what you've got this time. All right, so this one, I only have one this week again. Um, it's a nice chunky one, though, and it's it's comic book related. I, I know that's not a surprise. I do a lot of comic related ones, but this is Superman, the Man of Steel. It's it's actually volume three, but I'm going to talk about the whole, um, all three volumes real quickly. So for comics fans who have been reading for a long time, you'll probably remember that back in the 1980s, John Byrne, who's one of the legendary comic book talents, took over doing Superman, did two Superman comics at the same time, which is mind-boggling, wrote them and drew them. Um, and it's really some of my favorite story, Superman stories, and it's always been issues that I have, um, I don't know, read kind of sporadically. Like, I, you know, I picked up the miniseries here. I picked up a couple of issues here. Get them from the quarter box, the dollar box. I never sat and read the whole run from start to finish. And what they've been doing is collecting them all in these volumes. And they're mixing in, what I like is, they're all of John Byrne's issues, but they also mix in, because there's three Superman comics, and Byrne was doing two of them. And they mixed in the third comic so that they're being reprinted as well. So you get the full story, the full continuity. Wow. There's no, uh, You get John Byrne's issues, and you also get the ones by uh, Marv Wolfman, who is the writer, and I forget who the artist at the moment is. but um, And they're not as good as John Burns, but they're still part of the overall story. So there's three volumes of The Man of Steel by John Byrne. Um, volumes one, two, one and two, they've, they've all come out within the last, I don't know, eight or ten months. Um, the reason I picked this one to share uh, is because it is brand new. It just came out last Wednesday. Uh, it might not even be on Amazon. Well, it'll be on Amazon stuff. It's coming out probably this week. I got it from my local comic store. Support your local comic store. Um, yeah. But I had a blast rereading these. They're some of my favorite Superman stories. It's kind of a super, uh, super, kind of a simpler time for Superman. Um, stories that are still complex, but not as as involved as they are now, where you have to read twenty seven crossovers and you know there's eight hundred characters. It's a little bit more of like Superman, Lois Lane, you know, Perry White. Jimmy Olsen and whatever bad guy. And then sometimes some cosmic stuff where Superman goes into space and saves the planet, stuff like that. I think they're really great. Um, I'm a big Superman fan, always have been. Uh, if you like the character, I don't think you can do much better than these volumes with John Byrne's run. So that's my recommendation this week. That's, what do you got? Well, that's excellent. I do remember reading there. I, I always liked the John Byrne Superman stories. I always liked his, yeah. his, his uh, portrayal of Superman, the art, the art style as well. I always uh, evoked Christopher Reeve a lot. Yeah, he's one of my favorite creators in general. His X-Men run is legendary. His Fantastic Four run is legendary. I don't use that word lightly. Um, but I like his Superman. His artwork was great for it. He is the very classic, you know, barrel-chested, um, you know, Superman. Uh, and his storytelling is just so great. It's so, um, I don't know, it's like simple and clean and concise and yet epic and big in scope and expansive at the same time. So good stuff, in my opinion. Yeah, but like you as well, I remember reading them, but it was never... I always miss lots out. There's always one or two. Right, right. Because I went back afterwards. I didn't read them at the time. And so I was always like, oh, here's a John Byrne issue. I'll read that. So it's nice to, to get the whole story. I think they were reprinted a bit over here in like a, a slightly larger size. Uh huh. 
kind of comic collection we'd have two or three but i had a few of them but yeah that's definitely uh, well worth picking up mine is a uh, my recommendation is a novel it's called Ooh. the fisherman a novel by john langham okay and it's uh well as people will know i do like a bit of uh, lovecraftian cosmic horror this sure. one is uh it's it's a definitely a horror with the whole lovecraftian feel to it but it's all about a man who uh sadly his wife passes away but he he finds joy in going out fishing and he ends up meeting another man who's also had a tragedy in his life and they all go out fishing around where he lives in uh whereabouts is it in yeah well in in lovecraft country basically but it's, it goes fishing and he they they connect and they, they start healing and then they go out one day because because this other guy who he met has uh, told them about this spot where you can go fishing and as they get there they stop off at a diner and get told this tale about what happened in the past and then when they reach this spot there's things in the water there's things moving in the forest and they end up finding out what the fisherman is and find a sea that shouldn't be there and it's wow. full of, it's full of people with too many teeth <laughs> uh, reading it i've been going oh this is really good i'm enjoying this but i'm going to stop now for the moment and then pick it up the next day in two and three but it's really good it's really evocative it really it deals with loss it deals with healing it deals with really creepy scary things uh but it's i like the way he writes and describes scenes and it's uh yeah that's mine the fisherman show us the cover again pardon uh, I was asking you to show us the cover, but you, you beat me to it. So. Yeah, The Fisherman, a novel by John Langan. It's a lovely, ah. lovely, uh, lovely cover as well. I will have to check that out because this does sound like it's right up my alley. I do like a good kind of scary, you know, page-turning novel, and uh, I'm always looking for good new books. So yeah, And it's published by Word Horde. Uh, okay. Word Horde, and you can find out wordhorde.com. But I, got, I picked it up on Amazon. But as you said, go to your local bookshop now that they're open. Pick it up from there. Support your local bookshop, your comic shop, record store, all the local businesses. Go do that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, very cool. So there you go. That is our post-credits episode. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, thank you to everybody who commented live, as always. Uh, don't forget, if you're watching or listening after the live episode, join us every other Monday on Facebook at the After the Ending Facebook page. Uh, and we, you can comment and join in the fun as well. Uh, Phil, anything to add before we sign off? You've said it all. It's been a good episode. Yeah, thank you to everyone who's commented. Thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. Um, I think that's about it. We'll uh, join us next time where we'll be talking about more films, more <laughs> recommendations. We'll have a top five. Right. I'll tell you what they're going to be, but we don't know yet because we're playing it fast and loose these days, often deciding right. on the day we do it. Yeah, or the day before a lot of times too. But yeah, we're, we're having fun with it. We're definitely it more fun Mike, because you saw suddenly going, oh yeah, I know. Right, right, right. Hey, what about, what about this film? Yeah, sure, sounds good. So we're having some fun with it. I hope you guys are too. Um, all right, well, on that note then, I will wrap things, we will wrap things up. And um, uh, again, thank you for listening and or watching. Uh, my name is Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And we'll see you next time. Hold on, we got one more comment. Oh, we got a last minute comment that came in. Yeah. Oh, no, it's from Chris, who says, and there's me thinking I was showing at the beginning of the show. Sorry, Chris. That's no fun. Yeah. Um, well, you get to see our outro, at least, and that's something. So. And on that bombshell, I'm Phil Edwards. <laughs> well, I'll see you. And uh, that's the end. So we'll see you next time. After the ending. All right. Take care.